This is the Black and Gold and Red Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Sharon and Eric Lopez. Oh my God, what kind of a day? Every time, you know, we record on a Thursday, some bomb drops now in the summer. Like, I can't get what is going on here. Jeff Sharon, along with along with Andrew Glukov and uh, and Eric Lopez here, like this is th- yeah, this is a mind blowing day in in the college sports news world. It just is. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the the football schedule coming out. But l- listen, let's put all that on the back. The the story right now is the American Athletic Conference, ladies and gentlemen, and the Big Twelve. We're at war. ESPN. It's yeah, like. The troops are marching across 114 in Irving, Texas right now from the Big 12 headquarters, and they're heading in the direction of the American Athletic Conference headquarters merely four-tenths of yeah, a mile away. so much away. for the whole theory of the American and Big 12 working together. Woo! My goodness gracious. All right, well. Conventional <laughs> weapons have been equipped. There'll be much warfare. Bodies will be, will be found on the streets. Lives will be lost. And some conference is going to get stronger. Well, it's, it's not. It's not going. It's not going to get that dark. I mean, you know, let's let's be real here. But anyway, uh, let's get started. Um, so the news today, as we record on uh, late Wednesday, July twenty eighth, and as far as I know, nothing else has dropped yet. As I frantically check Twitter, is uh, that uh, well, the news from earlier in the week is that it is it was official as of Monday. The um, Big Twelve uh, received a note from. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma stating that they will not renew their grant of rights in 2025, at least Texas and Oklahoma, which is essentially saying we're filing for divorce and we're planning on leaving by 2025. We'll, we'll handle our obligations up until then, but once 2025 rolls around, we're out of the big 12. All right. So, uh, and then post haste, actually it was this morning, uh, both schools, on uh, interestingly enough, on uh, combined letterhead, um, uh, officially applied for membership in the SEC. So you know, Greg Sankey had his you know boilerplate statement, whatever. Uh, and that's you know that that's where it stood at least as of right now. So um, interesting, by the way. Did you guys see the stationery? Texas had both letterheads on, or both. Um... Yes, but there was a difference. There was a difference between the two. Did you notice it? Uh, I did not, but I didn't look at it that. Closely. Okay, this is how petty this is. Texas, the one that Texas sent, and they put up an image of it on their Twitter account, uh, has the University of Texas's seal in the upper left, Oklahoma seal in the upper right, and the wording always said the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. The Oklahoma one had the Oklahoma seal on the upper left, the Texas seal on the upper right, and it said the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. Yes, they are that petty. <laughs> they are that not, petty. But there's more petty. It turns out there's a lot but more pettiness we than we thought. thought. Yes, thank you, Eric. But wait, Excellent there's segue. more. But wait, there's more. You thought that was petty. Oh, boy, here we go. So the Big 12 comes out. The remain, of course, the remaining eight of the Big Twelve. Uh, we just call them the Little Eight. It, it, we'll call them the Little Eight, whatever you want to do. Um, they send and their and their commissioner Bob Bowlesby 
sends a letter to ESPN. Uh, by the way, who who is their broadcast partner for most of their games? All right, uh, stating that basically it's a cease and desist letter from the Big Twelve to ESPN saying that you will no longer. I want, I'm trying to pull it up here so I can um, so I can uh, read at least part of it here. Uh, and, and give me a second, but but Eric, can you kind of summarize in the meantime while I fumble for the stupid letter that they wrote? So basically, yeah, they, so they basically reports are they suit there's their uh, yeah cease and desist on ESPN and other conferences. The allegations are that ESPN and a conference not to be named uh, uh, apparently try to get and at least five. one other conference. Yeah. They try to get three to five teams from the Big Twelve to join that league. Now it's pretty much well known, I guess. That the belief is it's the American, it's the American, the ESPN <laughs> helping Mike Oresco and the ESPN. Trying to get baby-faced assassin, the, the American <laughs> yeah, Athletic playing, Conference. He's playing chess. Woo! Yeah, I'll tell you. Remember all those so much for those people. Say, well, Mike ain't gonna do anything. Hell, he's fire he's, arrest. He's, oh he's, yeah, he, he's causing a war. <laughs> he's doing he's, it. Yeah, Dude, I got to I got to read part of this. Uh, part of this. Ross Dellinger po- posted the posted the letter, and, and credit to Ross. Man, he is is he is he having a week today? This week, huh? Ross has been all over this story in the last couple weeks. It's from it's from uh, the Big Twelve and uh, Commissioner Bob Bowlesby uh, to Burke Magnus, who's the president for programming and original content. Uh, it has come to my direct attention uh, that ESPN. This is quoting directly from the letter that ESPN, the current business partner of the Big Twelve Conference, has taken certain actions that are intended to not only harm the Big Twelve Conference but to result in financial benefits for ESPN. Setting aside ESPN's potential involvement in the recent announcement by the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma that they intend to leave the Big 12 Conference in 2025, as to which we reserve all legal rights, I am aware that ESPN has also been actively engaged in discussions with at least one other conference regarding that conference inducing additional members of the Big 12 Conference to leave the Big 12 Conference. As you know, our members have entered into contractual obligations to the Big 12 Conference under amended and recent blah, 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 blah. All right. The Big 12 uh, Conference demands that ESPN immediately cease and desist all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 Conference's existing members or any other NCAA conference regarding the Big 12 Conference's members, possible conference realignment, or potential financial incentives or outcomes related to possible conference realignment. Uh, can't make this up. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's the here's here's the funniest parts. The last sentence. Uh, Please provide the Big Twelve Conference with your written assurances that all such actions will immediately cease and desist by noon Central Time on July 29th, twenty twenty one. ESPN is probably going to tell them to go pound sand. Yes. See that sand? Yeah. So, reaction on Twitter, of course, has been swift. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, the uh, I, I want to go to what uh, our friends at uh, Fear the Wave uh, have said. I think this sums it up perfectly. It really does. Uh, this is what this is what Fear the Wave blog on Twitter uh, said, and I retweeted it. I very publicly held a position that there was almost no way the Big Twelve could bungle this enough for the AAC to overtake it as a power conference. The situation changed. These guys are rubes without OU and UT. Short all Big 12 stock immediately. 
<laughs> that pretty yeah. much nails it. You know, it's bad when like, I mean, I'm going into this. My first thought when all this was breaking, is like, wow, this is bad for college sports. I mean, I still think it could be, but I went from like, man, I can't believe Oklahoma, Texas did this too. Now I'm saying, oh, I understand now why Oklahoma and Texas, because they've been dealing with a bunch of idiots. They've been dealing with a bunch of idiots. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You're going to sue a cup, the network that controls this sport that by the way, bailed out the big 12 a decade ago they were basically out the door to go to the pac-12 and fox pac-12 and fox by the way fox was all over that correct there was no es espn and abc were not going to be a part of that right they were gonna out the door to the pac-12 espn comes in bails them out gives them the longhorn network bails texas they keep texas and oklahoma texas and oklahoma were about to leave a decade ago they put a band-aid on this and this now you're going to sue them? Get out of here. This is Bob Bowlesby is ruining his chances of being the, getting the job as getting Paul Feinbaum his coffee. That's what he's ruining right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right this, now. Drew, why, why on earth, if you're the Big 12 and you know, and I wrote earlier this week, I had that, I did three days worth of combing through television ratings to determine... That, which other national media uh, which, personalities which, ripped off? Congrats, congratulations, Stuart. Mandel. Well, a, a little. I, I think. I think Stuart. Listen, great minds think alike. You know, I see you, Stuart Mandel. Um, I'm trying to give Stu the benefit of the doubt, but anyway, uh, what we know is that when you look at the remaining eight teams in the Big Twelve. And you look at the games that involved only them. You take out Oklahoma, you take out Texas, any game involving either of those two schools or obviously them playing each other. And you look at the average viewership over the last five seasons. And I think you need to throw 2020 out because it was such a mess because of COVID. Which conference, the Little Eight or the American Athletic Conference, averages more viewers per game over the last or the last four full seasons of college football? The answer is the American Athletic Conference. So why, if you're Bob Bowlesby, and you know that, and if he doesn't know that, he's an idiot and should be fired immediately as the commissioner of the Big 12. If you know that, why then would you turn around and go after your primary media rights partner like this? Why? He has nothing left to lose. That there conference is dead. Yeah, And he knows go. it. Go for it, Drew. Yeah, he, the conference is 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 dead on arrival, and the key is hold Texas and Oklahoma as long as possible and bank as much cash as possible. If they want to leave early, then you know you pay a huge amount in in exit fees from the grant of rights, uh, which you know they're going to try and fight. But either way, they're going to make a killing on cash compared to if they let this all play out the way that ESPN wants them to, which is get enough teams out the door so that they vote to dissolve the conference, no more grants of rights, no more exit fees, and then ESPN gets the deals that they want. Uh, that's what they want, ultimately. Uh, so uh, at this point, uh, Bowlesby knows that he's out of a job by 2025. He wants to milk it as long as he can and hold things together because at this point, there's no way that anyone's going to jump over to this conference with the way things are Not playing. now. Not now. Like, if you're UCF, right, and you get a phone call and that zip code says Big 12, uh, Bob Bowlesby, you can't pick up the phone right no, now. No, you hit the decline you button. Yeah. You send it right to voicemail. Yeah. yeah. Because 
They have now, they're trying to go after the big mothership. And the last thing you want to do is have the big mothership. No, you don't, you don't go after. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't chase the mouse. You know, that's what this comes down to. Cause you will lose. Well, they've and already lost. That's the thing. Yeah. This is a chase um, of desperation. They've already just, lost. Yeah. And here's, here's the other thing. Here's why drew you're right. That they have already lost. And this is not just from a hot take perspective. It's, it's really true. All right. Kendall Cout, who, uh, and forgive me, Kendall, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, he he writes for our SB Nation sister site that covers Baylor, Our Daily Bears, had a great post called Why I Think the Big 12 is Going to Collapse and How Baylor Should React. He's a lawyer by trade, and he wrote, um, and, and he has a, a, a pretty good understanding, if you read this post, uh, of, of, uh, of the Big 12's bylaws. All right, and one of the things that he uh, that he mentioned here is that a major. Okay, I'm going to read this right from the article, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, the real reason the grant of rights doesn't matter is because the rest of the league will collapse too. Texas Tech would be insane to wait around hoping to legally bind Texas and Oklahoma into the league, and 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 then think Texas and Oklahoma are staying. Instead, Texas Tech should leave. Okay, blah 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 blah. If the Big 12 is down to just one or two schools left, the league could simply dissolve or amend its bylaws. This gets nerdy and legally debatable. Theoretically, dissolving the league or changing bylaws requires eight votes or 75% of members to change them. Only a majority of the conference can vote to settle litigation. Uh, Bylaw 1.5.2A6, dissolution requires 75%, which is eight votes. So that means six Big 12 schools, which is just the majority of the 10, could leave the conference, sue, turn around and say, we owe nothing and the league is dissolved. And then those six members could say, we agree with the lawsuit filed by us and therefore we concede the lawsuit. (laughs) So it's checkmate. And checking my math here, okay, out of the 10 that are still currently members, all right, Texas and Oklahoma are two, all right? And if it's true that three to five members are being are, are being nudged toward another conference, be it the American or someone else, last I checked, two plus five equals seven. Two plus four equals six. So that's enough votes to overturn any legal action that the conference that the Big 12 conference could take against its against its members or ESPN or or you name it and then dissolve the conference. Yeah, that's pretty well said. That's and that's it's, that's checkmate. It's, it's checkmate. over. It's done and that's why this is their last resorts as Drew has broken it down. And the big news here from a UCF perspective the Americans on the is on the positive side here. They're not going to get plucked away here. Not right now. If anything, they could get added more because ESPN wants that to happen. Now, why oh, yeah. would they want? Why would they want that, Jeffrey? Because why? they own it. Because oh, the Amer- right. because the American has an exclusive contract with ESPN that runs through twenty thirty. That's why. What year? What year is that? Twenty thirty. You mean that wait, same length that, that everybody? Deal- wait, wait, who oh, put that deal together? That was that Mike Oresco guy. Everybody like thought it was crazy for doing that. Or oh, eating my. crayons or something. Well, guess what? 
because you signed, now you understand why he signed that long-term deal. Because if you don't, you run the risk of getting killed. Be- and that's what right. it is. It kept the league. Was it at UCF's best interest? Probably not. Nobody's going to argue with that. Fine. But it was in the best interest of the league. And now you're seeing the benefits. But it's what ESPN is doing here. And I think if people have followed with, look, Disney is no, they've been affected by this whole pandemic as well. And I yeah. think what they're doing. Go look at their theme park revenues and, and, the, and the cruise line yes. too. And you'll yes. see what, my, see what and, we mean. Well, there. and I think that plays a role in this because I think what Disney's done. And if I encourage people to on YouTube, John Skipper used to be the boss at ESPN is no longer. He appeared on the Dan Lebertard show on Monday and he did about 20 minute interview, kind of the behind the scenes of some of this stuff. Cause he was involved in that whole Longhorn Network and all that stuff, and he had some great stuff. But here's the thing about ESPN and Disney. They are right now addressing, okay, what can we what is most important properties on every form? For example, Disney, if you've noticed in the entertainment side, has gone after Marvel movies because that's popular. That's does big box office movies. And let's be honest, the movie industry's taken a hit because the theaters have been limited and all that. So yeah, but t- but they do make money off of streaming that stuff and exactly. writing new content. And content on Disney Plus. Right. Uh, now let's move this over to sports. The NFL was the number one priority. They took care of that. They they got the package. They're going to get a better package in the NFL moving forward. They're going to they're going to have content on ESPN Plus. They're the going to get Super Bowls now. They're going to get Super Bowls as a result. That's the big one. That's their number one baby. Number two, you could right now you would argue right now what they're going after is college football. It's not, and I think it's all starting to come clear here because Drew, you're asked, well, why is ESPN trying to move ahead on this? The reason they're moving quickly on this is they don't want this to become to go to the open market. They don't want the playoff to go to the open market. They right. want to know before they agree on whatever the playoff will be. They want to know what they have in control. And right now, what they have in control, they just got the SEC, which was a package they got for a lot of money. They're going to probably mm-hmm. buy out CBS out of that sooner. Or that, later. Well, they well they ha- haven't they. Bought out CBS altogether already? I know they got the the Saturday 3.30 pack. They will, but they still have to wait a couple years. Okay. But So now they have the SEC. They have the ACC. They have the SEC Network and the ACC Network. They have got the American. Scrap the Big 12. You just took Oklahoma and Texas. Big 12 is gone. So Fox, what does Fox have left, really? Big 10, that's it. The, pa- the Big 10. Do they, do they have the pack? No, they don't have the pack 12. They have a portion of it uh, as far okay. as them and ESPN share it. Right. But ESPN also, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, they have that Big Ten Saturday noon Eastern slot, don't they? Yeah, the Fox does, and, and ESPN well, gets Fo- some of the, the Big Fox Ten. Has, Fox has the noon slot? Yeah, that's their big okay. noon kickoff promotion. But ESPN gets some of the Big Ten games there. But anyway, so ESPN's trying to monopolize this. So they get the major conferences, you get the playoff package together, you pretty much undercut Fox and CBS, and you take them out of the game completely. That's yeah. the goal, the ultimate goal here. And part of that is by eliminating the Big 12, which now... Hey, if Fox wants their leftovers, the Big 12, good luck. But they're not going to get a lot of money as that Big 12. And if you're Fox and CBS, then why would you go after that at this point when it's no value to it without Oklahoma and Texas? That's the business side of this. And you mentioned it. ESPN, obviously, they have the American under control. So you bring some of these Big 12 teams over here, and I think everybody would make a little bit more money, and the American prospers to be the fifth strongest conference. And you're guess what? That's a P5. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, ESPN kind of overpays a little bit to the American to kind of boost it up a little bit mm-hmm. because, you know, they're they're doing a lot with this too. So, I mean, I, I think the American has a lot to gain from this. Uh, not much not much risk at this point because I mean, the you, you pretty much have the, the pick of the litter. 
You can just sit I, back now and just yeah, relax. I mean, as as the ship sinks, you'd be like, "We want you, 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 not you, 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 not you." <laughs> and and you know what's their option? The Mountain West with the worst television contract in the FBS, right? But Conference USA, you want to be stuck with Florida International, at the Sun Belt? No, uh, they're going to take whatever the American gives them at this point because they know they're. There's no future in the Big 12. Well, and you Let, mentioned, by the way, you mentioned the Sun Belt. Who owns right now the Sun Belt content? They just signed a big contract. And they just with signed ESPN. an extension. Exactly. Who owns, for example, now they just got, I mean, ESPN is getting every conference. The next conference I would be worried about, the Mountain West. If I'm a Mountain West member, I'm worried because you look at what the ESPN is trying to do here. If they're successful and getting, a, let's say, a couple of the Big 12 teams, like how many. Let's say they get to 14 and maybe they get two or three from the big 12. You know that the next target will likely be from the mountain West. And it's probably that team in Boise in particular, they're going to go after the big fish out of the mountain West and pluck well, them over who, by the America. way, already has a sweetheart deal with ESPN. Well, here's the problem with Boise state. And then, cause they, they flirted this past year about moving over the American because the mountain West television deal just really is terrible. Yeah. They have no place to put their other sports. They tried. They couldn't find a home. So well, well, ESPN, uh, well hold, hold, hold that ESPN thought. ESPN would I, actually have to help out with that. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Eric, I think you probably remember this. The emails that came out from that FOIA request about Boise State. Um, was Boise trying to get all their sports to the American and the American only wanted football or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Uh, I think that was that was kind of where they were trying to figure out. I don't think we ever got a clear answer on that, whether it was just going to be one sport or not. I think there were at the time. I think the the thinking was maybe football only for now, but it wasn't totally clear. The news out of Boise said it was football only, and they were looking for a landing yeah. spot for their other stuff. Right, and that and was the thing. Could they and, find a landing and spot? They couldn't. Right, right. They tried. Yeah. It wasn't like the last time where they were able to convince the Big West to do it. Big West just doesn't have the appetite right, right. now, and it just didn't work out. Right. Although the Big West is, only has 11 schools right now. Does but depending not on who you get from the Big 12, let's say you get a Texas Tech to come to the American, all bets are off at that point yeah. as far as possibly adding all these sports uh, for Boise to the American. Who knows where this could go? I mean, this is just the beginning. This is just well, the tip of the iceberg. If you uh, make the payouts big enough, you can stretch that. I mean, at $7 million, which, which is actually it's a little under seven, uh, that's not enough. To, to stretch that far. So obviously the ESPN is going to have to sweeten the pot. Obviously. Well, I think they will. I think you've mentioned the number we've been talking on the group chat. I think the magic number is 15. Magic number is 15, but I think if they get to 16 members and, and they're able to pull that off, I think it'll go up a little bit closer to 20. Uh, well, well, let me ask you though, based on gonna what I'm, I'm going to, let me, time. let me put, let me, let me play devil's advocate here based on what, well, you you look at the that's, other. That's 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 a nearly threefold increase. What is, and and by the way, I again I'll reference the article that I wrote. The other eight are only worth the same as the American. Well, so, if you combine them both, you're you're at sixteen. So uh, because uh, you say something, I believe uh, uh, what was it the the athletic or or CBS said some down lines of maybe nine million dollars. Maybe so. Let's take the top end of that. So you, you add the nine, you have the seven, you have 16. To help the American make these moves, ESPN is going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit. They're going to have to. That brings Make up, everybody happy? Make everybody happy. You know there's going to be an increase in expenses and, uh, and 
with, you know, with travel and everything and, and to relock down the contract, you can't just add one plus one, you know, it's, it's going to have to be one plus one equals three. You're going to have to find a way to add a little bit more to it, sweeten the pot. And the thing is you look at the other conferences and the money they're making 20 actually for, for a 16 team that they would basically call the fifth power conference is not an outlandish amount. I mean, the ACC's number is, is below market value because they're stuck in, a, in a, a bad deal for a little while. What's the ACC number at? I'm looking that up right now. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah I'll let Jeff get the exact well, number. Here's the point. Even if, let's say, they get to 20, that is still a cheaper deal for ESPN than, say, keep trying to renew a deal with the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas, which probably was in the 40 million range, right? Exactly. Uh, I believe it was in the mid-30s um, yeah. with, with ESPN. Uh, so when you, when you look at it that way, uh, going to the 20 isn't really a headache for ESPN. It gives a little bit of a softer landing for the Big 12 schools that are going to have to make a major adjustment in how they operate. Uh, the ACC, something? according to the News Observer, <clears throat> this is as of May 21st, 2021, average payout per school is $32.3 million. That does not count Notre Dame, by the way. And when you compare that to the SEC and the Big Ten, it is way behind. It's it's basically half. Yeah. So I'm mean, they're stuck in that deal for another decade and a half, basically. Yeah. Uh, but here, so- if you're in a current American Conference member, if you're UCF, you're going from making seven to ten to uh, possibly seven or less. <laughs> they're not making anywhere. No, 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 no. The 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 current contract from from what we've been able to glean, we have nothing backing this. Um, it goes, it, it averages 7 million a year, Okay, but it, but it steps up, but, but it's, it's not, you know, you the schools aren't getting paid 7 mil every year. It's backloaded, it steps up. I believe. It's more backloaded. It's more backloaded. So it ends with cash. about, at about 10 million a year. All right. So let's go that's with seven. That's fine. Let's go with seven. Let's go with, if they get bumped up to 15 to 20, right? 15 to 20, would you agree? That's the ballpark, right? Whether you think, whether you're optim- too optimistic, you think it's 20 is legit or you think 15 is more, whatever. I think that's a fair range. Right? 15 to say. 20. You're doubling how much money you're making. At you're least. doubling. At least. 20, think- is tri- 20 is almost triple. And ESPN almost would, triple. And ESPN's doing it because they're going to get more content, more markets to now have to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. More mar- You get more quality uh, I think that would be a huge win from a UCF standpoint. Like UCF's not going to get fifteen to twenty million to me any other scenario than the one we just played out. Like if you're UCF, first of all, you just wait and see how everything plays out. Uh, this is my next question, and hold that thought out because I'm going to ask yeah. the I want to ask the both of you. You're UCF right now. You're Terry Mahajer and President Cartwright. What are you, what do you do right now? Because obviously, that, the whole week we've been seeing people say. Oh, we can't wait till we get that invitation to replace Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12. Because I'm looking at that, I'm saying, no, 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 no. No, you do not want to jump on that sinking Titanic. That's the, right, that's the point. So, so, so yeah, what do you do? Point. Eric, I'll, we'll start with you. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, that's the worst fear that I have on this, is you jump to that deal, and then two years later, the league blows up. Then what? What happens? What happens oh. to you? You're done. It's, you're, it's finished. Worse. You're, you're in an it's, island. It's worse than what happened to the Big East. Correct. So what you have to do is sit back and wait until this all plays out. You because here's the thing, the Big Twelve is the one that's desperate. They got to they're gonna have to sort it. And I, let's be real, I think these these eight schools they're gonna say everything publicly about their standing together and everything. Secretly, they're gonna be trying to get their own deal. You let all that play out, 
And you just, what you don't want to do is get caught in a situation that you're going to regret two, three years later where, you know, you jump in because the big 12 after, I don't think this league is going to exas- uh, exist past 2025. There's no evidence of this right now of any confidence that this will exist past 2025. Whereas the league you're still in, you know, this league's going to exist one way or the other through 2030. And it's on an upward trajectory. And you're on the, the network. 12- you're on the network that's going to control where you want to be. If you're a football player, right? you want to make the playoffs, this is the network you're going to have to be yeah. in. All right? Unless you're the big you're not, your College game day is not going to come to campus if you're, no. if you're on Fox. No. And trust me, you don't want an FS. I mean, you don't want UCF Texas Tech on an FS1. You're going to be complaining about that. You know it deep down inside. The only team that can get away with not being on ESPN is the Big Ten, with Ohio State in particular. Right. And who knows how long that'll last? Who knows? But um, if you're UCF, I would ha- I would not talk to anybody right now. I would not talk to Bob Bowlesby. I would not take any phone calls until this blo- until you I would, get a. I wouldn't take a single phone call from Irving, no. Texas, unless it was from the Americans' office, and I knew it was Mike Oresco. Right, Drew. Am I right on that? Oh, I I agree. I mean, the only way you, the Big Twelve could pull anything off is you let the con the contract write out. And you have to basically create a new contract with a grant of rights with predetermined guarantees of payouts. I mean, that's complicated. And and I don't see them being able to pull that off and convincing schools like a UCF that it's going to work because, I mean, that's a Hail Mary play. Granted, we've seen Hail Marys work, but I mean, how often does this not work? I mean, their their back is truly against wall. If I if I'm Terry Mahajer and, and President Cartwright, you know what I keep doing? Exactly what I have been doing, which is focusing on the school, getting games scheduled, and planning for this fall because all this other political BS that's going on right now is only gonna distract from what you should be worrying about because there's nothing to worry about. Let the commissioner do his job. And, and focus on that. When it's time to get involved, he'll call you. Right, and in yeah. fact, if I'm Terry Mahajer, if I'm Gus Malzahn, you're going to be doing media days here. UCF's doing media day next week. The American Conference media days next week, by the way, which will be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm UCF. I say nothing. I know nothing. I say nothing. You become as boring as you possibly can. You say nothing. You do not mm-hmm. incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. I just The lawyers are involved now. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, they're you know, involved, and that's that's the thing we got it that that I think the American has to be very careful of. Um, just keep your head down. Keep your head down. Just hey, we're you know we're proud members of the American. We appreciate all that the conference <laughs> has done for us, and uh, and we look forward to a competitive twenty twenty one football season. And the lawyers, they're they're American. all at the end of the day. What's going to happen here? I think everybody's going to come down to a settlement. I don't believe Texas and Oklahoma is going to have to wait till 2025 to play in the SEC. I believe they're going to be playing by 2022. It, and they're going to figure yeah, four out four years of awkward. That's a long four years of awkward. Right so there. What they're going to do is they're going to pay off whatever they got to pay off. And that's how all this is going to play out where everybody comes to some financial terms. Bob Bowlesby will get to be the intern probably on the Paul Feinbaum show. He'll work it out. And, you know, <laughs> And Mike Oresco will get a weekly appearance on the Feinbaum show, probably. And maybe, who knows, will be the American Network on ESPN? Let, let, let me ask you, guys, one more thing before we... Um, I want an American Network on ESPN. I we, want that. We have one. That's we, Well, no, that's not it. the digital one. I mean, like, like its own channel. I want that. We should have that. If we go to 16, we yeah, should well, have that. 
Maybe we'll flip ESPN News over to that. They were saying that they were going to undo ESPN News into that, right? So, all right. Um, let me ask you guys one more thing. The playoff. Um, they're, uh, they're see the conventional wisdom based on everything that I've been reading from all over the place is that um, this move by Texas and Oklahoma and now what the Big 12 is doing is going to delay the the de delay or possibly alter the implementation of a 12-team playoff. My question to both of you, and Eric, I think you've been following this the closely, if I'm not mistaken, but but Drew, I want to give you credit as well. Is it, my, my thing is, with UCF obviously probably, most likely staying in the American, are we still going to have 12 when this gets set, when this gets done? Mm. Yeah, you'll probably get 12, but I don't think we were ever going to get it. We're not going to get it in 2023, but we would never oh, we get it in 2025. Probably. And that's what Drew, Drew, I'm going to defer to you because you've been on top of this a lot better than a lot of the college media that's jumped the gun on a lot of this coverage of the playoff thing. I never believed for a second this was going to get that this was going to start in 2023. And you I never I never did either. Uh, I yeah. never believed it was going to be yeah. in 2023. There's too many moving parts. Exactly. And, and this only makes it even less likely. I, and the truth is, uh, you know, the way it's set up, you can leave it as 12 because the SEC's focus was on the at-large teams. They want that, and they like the idea of the conference champions. So uh, the, the big thing, the big shift can be go from six to five. That's the big change. Uh, you still have, obviously, your, your one through six. Right. six to five. You mean six to five conference champions. Conference championships. That's okay. the big shift that can happen. I don't think there's actually going to be any other change fundamentally from what we, we've seen so far as far as the CFP, but I, the, the truth was I thought it was going to run all the way through the end of the contract because of how much stuff has to be done just to get it off the ground without this nonsense. If there's litigation, this thing just, it's, you hit the pause button, but right. this has, this requires a brand new media deal uh, completely from scratch. You got to get all the bulls, uh, you know, to play, to play ball. And not all of them have said, yeah, we're in, for this new system such like the big 10 has has not committed to to this new system that would force them to get away from the january 1 2 p.m slot that they so covet so I, there's still a lot of moving parts there's going to be a lot of negotiations and until this mess just gets settled i can't see the cfp going forward and they have time they have time they're, they're not rushed so they they have a, a lot of time and a lot of ability to to delay uh, getting this off the ground. Yeah, you have to kind of figure out what conferences, where we everybody stands conference-wise before you even come up with a playoff format. And who knows how big this goes? How crazy could get this get? Do Does the Big Ten and Pac-12, for example, merge? Some people have suggested that. That's Jay Billis. <laughs> I'm just, but That's is insane. it? Because yeah, it some is. people, yes. no, yeah, I disagree with you. I disagree because who's to say that these big conferences decide, you know what? Let's go with the NFL model. Let's just create our own playoff. Let's go with our 30 teams in the in the conference. We have our own playoff and screw everybody else. Who knows? I'm not saying people, that's going to happen. The only people right who are going to like that are the lawyers who are going to have to unwind all of it. Well, they can sue all they want, but I mean, listen. There's a, I, a lot to work out there. That's yeah. I'm not saying this. But you, I'm thought just that, you thought that the CFP contract was going to be tough to untangle. I'm just telling you at one point for all you historians, the NAIA once ruled college sports. And you know what happened one day? All the schools said, screw you. We're we're get, we're ditching you. And I think what we're seeing here is the NCAA is dead. The NCAA is dead. They're irrelevant. 
And I do question how far this could go. Who's to say that the SEC doesn't go to 20? Who's to say that the ACC doesn't merge? Who knows? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but everything's on the table right now. Everything's on the table from all of that. And so until all of that sorts itself out, you can't come up with a playoff format until you know. So I think we're going to need the next couple of years, two to three years, to figure out what these conferences look like. And then to True's point, then you can kind of finalize the playoff. And here's the thing. If ESPN ends up, let's say, owning the ACC, the SEC, the American, a half of the Big Ten, maybe a piece of the Pac-12, if not the whole thing, uh, and you know the American, guess who's going to keep the playoff? It's them. Because if you're Fox and CBS, you have no motive to get it because you don't know, own any of the conferences. That's what's going on here. That's the big picture here is try to get as many conferences in, then you have the playoff, then everybody gets the money. That's the goal. I, 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 I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with with your sentiment that the other networks wouldn't be interested in owning the playoff. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago that Fox aired no college football except for the BCS, the BCS Bowls, and ESPN yeah, but, took but, that but, from but, the but, 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 but the con- but the difference now is if all the conferences are under the ESPN umbrella, they're not going to go against ESPN. So the conferences are going to tell the playoff committee, yeah, we're going to sign over here and we're not going to go to a Fox. I'm telling you, ESPN is not going to make the mistake. And I've, and I've heard from many ESPN people over the years, the biggest mistake they regret is they let the NCAA tournament in men's basketball go. They let it go to CBS. They try to get it back. And what CBS did to fend them off is they joined with Turner to keep the men's tournament. So now ESPN is stuck with the women's tournament. And I'm sorry that offends some people, but trust me, if ESPN could dump the women's tournament for the men, they would do it in two seconds. I don't think they're going to allow that to happen with football. I really don't. And I think that what some of these actions is a result of that. They are going, this is the probably the second or third most important property for ESPN. You, the NFL is number one because it's the NFL. You, and then the debate is, is college football or the NBA? Those are the two to be content that they're going to control. And college football obviously dominates the numbers. I, I would be shocked. There is no way that any of the other – because here's the other thing. Fox just spent a ton of money to keep the NFL. Fox just spent a ton of money to keep baseball. You look at NBC. They have a ton of money into the Olympics. They just spent a ton of money on the NFL. CBS just spent a ton of money on the NFL. They're not going to be able to just blow up the money on for a college football playoff. Mm. So as we head to a break, what fresh hell might await us tomorrow? I mean, the big, tw- I, I, you know, the, so, somebody had, I want to get this one little quote. I forget who said this earlier. I, I, I and so I do apologize, but I heard a great, a great uh, saying that, um, you know, the whole point about the nuclear option which going back to the Big 12, that seems to be what they're doing right now. The whole point about the nuclear option is you're not supposed to use it. You know, you're supposed to keep it in your back pocket, but you're not really supposed to use it. They are using it in going after ESPN. And it's, this is going to get messy. It's going to get nasty. Yep. These are, the, these, these Texas guys, man, they do not play nice. So this they is going to be Until they get their own wild. They'll drop it though once they get their own deal. So that's well, be the when the bull, when the uh, when the conference fails, and at this point it will fail. Well, well, man, what happens with the bowl system? You know, there's so many. Uh, uh, I'm not worried about that. We'll figure that. Well, uh, th- all right. This is the la- this is this really is the last thing. Real quick, and, and I want this to be like 
lightning quick answers. What's the next domino to fall? Drew, I want to start with you. What's the next domino to fall? Uh, next domino to fall is going to be the lawsuit between Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12 over the grant of rights. Okay. Eric? Uh, that's a good bet from Drew. If I have to go outside the board, I'm going to say somebody from that Big 8 is going to bolt. Who? Bolt. May not be the American. I think a West Virginia to the ACC or Kansas will bolt. I think somebody's bolting. Kansas to where? I'm going to say Big Ten. I've been saying Big Ten for a while. I think the Pac-12 is still in play, but I think Big Ten. I think they're going to bolt, and that's going to be what's going to happen uh, All right. there. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, Bryson Turner informs us that the SEC presidents are going to meet tomorrow. Yes, where they're going to be like, oh, really? We could get Texas and Oklahoma? We didn't know. That's awesome. Hey, guys. I just got this letter in the mail. It's from Texas and Oklahoma. Texas A&M. They're Texas asking, A&M's okay with it. They're asking for they're asking for uh, membership in the company. A&M, do you know anything about this? Uh, no, no, no we're, we're good. Wait a minute. I got a phone call here. What's that? Oh, you want us to vote for that? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're in favor of it. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. <laughs> Tell them we'll, we'll invite them for dinner. We'll show them around. Yeah. Send them a fruit we'll basket. Show them around Hoover. Yeah. Hey, this is Hoover, Alabama. It's great hotels here. You know, I've been to Hoover, Alabama. There's a Motel 6. I've been to Alabama a lot. It's, all right. Like, we got to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk more UCF stuff, including football scheduling, uh, and a little bit more when we get back. So Black and Gold Banner at Podcast. Don't go away. All right. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banner at Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and... Andrew Glukov with you here. Uh, and we're real quick bringing in, it's time for a little black and gold banneret Olympic update with Bryson Turner, who is in the house following like everything. We should have music behind We it. have the music. Here it is. Bryson Turner in the house talking a little uh, Olympics and our UCF uh, and our and UCF alumni in the Olympics in this very first week. Bryson, I want to start off by talking about the big dog, Phil Dalhauser. Uh, he and uh, Nick Lucena are now two and one in pool play. What's the latest with Phil? All right. Well, they just finished their game earlier as we're recording this. They just finished their game against Argentinian duo Julian Azad and Nicholas Capagrosso. Uh, set number one. It was a very, it was a close one, but Dal, but Dalhas and Lucena won twenty one nineteen. Then they fell back a little bit. Um, the commentators were talking about how the U.S., which was kind of letting Argentina get away with too much in the second set. And so in the second set, they lost 21 to 18. But then in the third set, Dahlhauser and Lucena just went off, getting on a run that went, I think, like five, six, seven points straight. And they won the third set 15 to six. So it's 15 to six. Yeah. So um, the, 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 um, as far as statistics goes, uh, they got 10, 10, 10 digs, three blocks. They were 34 of 51 on attacks. And uh, yeah, and, and so now basically um, they have secured a advancement to something. The thing is, is that we don't know where yet. The way that the, the tournament works is that the top two teams immediately move on to the knockout round, while the third place team goes into something called the lucky losers, which is an entirely different thing. It has its own stuff. And we just want need to need to see if they're going to go there and if they're going to go there. 
We'll figure that out. The point is, though, is that they're not eliminated. Argentina's eliminated. Okay. So, um, yeah, so Dahlhauser is going to be moving on, and I, I will keep everybody updated on my Twitter, at It's Bryson Turner, the BNT are capitalized on what's next for them as far as their next matches. All right. Uh, women's rugby. We talked about Kristen Thomas, 2016 graduate of, uh, of UCF, and she scored USA's first try of the Olympic tournament. Is that right today? Yes, she did. I was very glad to see uh, see her make a mark very early. It was a very uh, low scoring first half. Um, I'll tell you what. One, I this is one of the first times I've watched rugby live, and uh, it's quick. It was yeah. Like, it <laughs> Those is, games it, move, it, man. It's it's actually pretty. It's pretty fun to watch. It's a really good spectator sport. It's almost like a. It's really like a combination of 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 American football and soccer. Really, it's like it has the same ticking clock element that soccer does, where you know the the clock keeps moving forward no matter what, and then they just t- tack on stoppage time at the end. And the, the halves, the halves are really short too, just seven minutes, uh, seven minutes. So each game moves on lightning quick. But um, as far as the first half, it was very low scoring. It, um, Kristen Thomas, like you said, got the like we said, got the first try about four minutes and five, uh, four minutes and 57 seconds in. Uh, Kristen Thomas got that, got that first try. And she was only in the game for six minutes because as soon as, or because as, as soon as she, as she scored, basically like 30 seconds after she scored, she was subbed out. So I'm get so I'm guessing the head coach, they wanted to just get some other people a chance to get out there. But for the brief time that Thomas was in the game for about a quarter of the game, she got the USA their first try, and then and then as far as the team itself in the second half they they went off in the second round and the second half and they managed to beat China twenty eight to fourteen. All right, uh, they will be back at five a.m. Eastern this morning, which I'm guessing is just the same day for them in, in Tokyo, and to play uh, Japan. So if anyone's an so um, uh, that game will probably be. Uh, over as soon as this <laughs> as soon as episode posts so check on my twitter to see how that went uh alini reyes uh did not play in pool play for uh brazil women for the brazilian women's soccer team i don't know if it's likely that we'll see here in the medal round though um probably not. is it's it probably not right point yeah. she's gonna be the backup remember jeff and rio she started the one game uh, the last game. Yeah, she there. started the third and final pool play game, but but Brazil had won their first two in So they had everything locked up. So right? so pool play was the, that game essentially didn't matter. So it's unless an injury, God forbid, an injury occurs to somebody, right. um, you know, we're not we're probably not going to see Alini Reyes um, on the field uh, for Brazil. Although if they go on to medal, she will get a medal because she is correct. That is significant. Uh, on the team. That is, and then also uh, uh, one other thing, Maddie Rogers. Uh, the uh, 87 kilogram weightlifter, uh, class of 2020, she competes August the 2nd. That is what day is that? That's Monday. Okay, so, um, so you'll likely see her if you're a night owl late Sunday, early Monday morning, or, or, or way, way, way early Monday morning. And then we're also looking at, uh, who else? Oh, uh, anything on, on Chelsea Wolf, the BMX. Alternate Bryson, I don't think she's she's officially competing yet. She's BMX is supposed to be tomorrow, Thursday the 29th, and then Friday the 30th. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, she's also an alternate, so she so I so I don't know if she's competing or not. Just like how Align Align was a 
um, alternate, like before that they expanded the roster to 22 teams. So uh, I'll keep you, I'll keep everybody updated as far as if she is going to compete, if she isn't. But if she is going to compete, then yeah, it'll be on those days. All right, Aline, all right, so Aline, so we'll uh, all right, so we'll leave it there. Uh, Bryson Turner following, don't forget, and don't uh, forget the ref Robinson. Oh, that's that's right. I can't forget. Uh, I can't forget Stevie Anderson. Yeah, I saw him the other night. He he gave a he teed up one of the Slovenian players against Argentina. <laughs> uh, it now, was not Luka Doncic. It was not. Uh, no, I will say. I will say this though, Eric. Okay, the rule changes that are coming to the NBA regarding non-basketball moves. Did you hear about this? Yes. Okay. So uh, the NBA is going to play James Harden rule, basically. Yeah, basically it's the James Harden rule where they're going to crack down on players performing what they're calling non-basketball moves in order to draw fouls, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's what that is. And part of that, as I've been as I've interpreted it, Eric, is a nod to FIBA and the international in the international game where they don't take that mess. And the United States men's team is finding that out in a very difficult way right now. Um, well, that international officials, well, yeah, I mean, nobody do not, likes they do not fall for flopping. They do not fall for, you know, the kind of the, the kind of easy calls that they get in the NBA. Is that right? I don't know if I'm going to give FIBA the credit. I'm just going to say people are sick and tired of James Harden getting. getting no, I'm, away what with I'm it. saying is maybe we can give UCF graduate Steve Anderson for some credit for saying, "Hey, this is how basketball really should be officiated," and the NBA saying, "You, you know, know what, Steve, you're right." I do want to actually talk to him because why isn't he like like he's officiating international here in the Olympics? Should he not be like? I'm wondering like what can he get to the NBA to be an NBA? Rep? Well, he he was in the NBA. Right. So why is he's, he still? He's he not doing? now. I don't know why. I mean, it's. I don't know how officially. I mean, he does, I know he still does a lot of. Guys. He was doing college games when we were students. Right. I remember he was doing some games. Yeah, we got to get him on the show at some point. Right. Yeah. I really. I would love to get Stevie on. I. I, I think that you know it, it would be so interesting to hear from him and 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 to learn what that's all about. Anyway, Bryson Turner following the Olympics. It's Bryson Turner on Twitter. Bryson, thanks for uh, joining us here and uh, giving us a little update. Not a problem. Just keep, uh, just be everyone. Just be sure to stay tuned to my Twitter at it's Bryson Turner. The B and T are capitalized for all your Olympic update needs. Live. He's not going to tape delay the tweets either. That's He's right. Live results. My man here is up at night, giving you UCF fans all the latest on UCF's Olympians as they move through Tokyo 2021. All right. He doesn't sleep for you. Yeah, insomnia is fun. Yeah, so- listen, listen, Bryson, you're young still. Enjoy, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, remember, sleep is for the week. Next, week. <laughs> right? My uh, the story of my life. Story of my right. life. All right, we'll be right back. Stick around. This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Back after this. Back here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, Jeff, Drew, and Eric. By the way, uh, Dennis Dodd has dropped a uh, column that we were anxiously anticipating about regarding the uh, Big 12 accusing ESPN of conspiring with the American Athletic Conference to pull, quote, three to five teams over. Um, in addition to the letter that we talked about, uh, this is according to Dennis Dodd of CBS. Uh, Bob Bullsby, the commissioner of the Big 12, says that ESPN has actively engaged the American to pursue three to five Big 12 members to join the league, suggesting it would be rewarded with, quote, future television proceeds. 
Uh, and then Bob's uh, Bullsby also tells CBS Sports that ESPN's actions are equal to, quote, tortious interference, end quote, according to, uh, so for you lawyers out there, I'm sure that's a fun phrase you like to hear. Um, I, let's see, there, uh, there are two doc. Uh, this is Bowlesby speaking. There are two documents that govern our members. One is the bylaws and the other is the grant of rights. The bylaws go for 99 years. The grant of rights go until 2425. ESPN has been behind these moves every step of the way. He added, I have every expectation that Oklahoma and Texas will do whatever they can to not meet their contractual obligations. That's what they've done so far. One of the ways the two schools in ESPN will seek to absolve themselves of the obligation is to destabilize the league and cause an implosion of the other eight members. I am absolutely certain ESPN employees have discussed and provided incentives for at least one conference to raid three to five members from the Big 12, Bowlesby goes on. In doing so, they are prepared to reward them with future television proceeds. If the conference goes away as an entity, Texas and Oklahoma could be relieved from their exit obligations. Those obligations at this time would include the payout, the payment of 70 to $80 million, two full years of revenue per school, and leaving their media rights with the Big 12. We're not just going to sit still and let somebody who is supposed to be our partner collaborate and disrupt our business. I know with certainty that they are doing it relative to one conference. I suspect they have done the same thing in moving Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. ESPN's response, Eric Lopez. These claims have no merit. And I quote, That's literally so what ESPN's public response was. These claims have no merit. End of discussion. And, and the American has wow. said that they have no comment tonight. The American has no comment. You think Mike goes after Bowlesby next week in media days? He tends to kind of no. sometimes talk too much, as no. we know. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Chuck and the boys are like, "Listen, yeah. Mike, We're drinking for you tonight. Let's keep it. No. <laughs> let's, Mike, let's keep it. Let's 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 keep it on the DL. All right, everybody, be cool. And you, you and know we'll why Ballsby's really we'll mad? Because, just fine. No, you can't have a lesser conference do better than us. No, heaven forbid. Right. I, I like heaven that. forbid this. Heaven forbid this. Frankenly, come in and steal our. Wait a second. Don't you remember that you're the Big Eight plus the Southwest Conference? No. I, I do like uh, to point out that future television proceeds. You know what that means? Oh, you've triggered your renegotiation. <laughs> and thus, future, you've reset at a new amount. That's yeah. all that means. So, yeah, congrats. It, all it means is you'll be able to renegotiate and make more money you know, how yeah. contracts normally handle new membership. All right. Well, back a little closer to home. Let's talk about what's going on with UCF. There was actually some actual UCF news. It is official, ladies and gentlemen. UCF and, US, uh, and UF, University of Florida, have uh, officially agreed to a three-game series, 2020. Uh, here, they actually gave us dates, which I think is actually the newsworthy stuff here. Uh, October 5th, 2024, at Florida Field. September 14th, 2030, at the Bounce House, and that's confirmed at the Bounce House. It's not in Camping World. It's on campus. And September 3rd, 2033, once again, at uh, Florida Field. And then UCF also announced another scheduling deal with a Power 5 uh, conference opponent. That would be the Maryland Terrapins of the Big Ten. Uh, 2025, August 30th at Maryland Stadium in College Park, uh, and September 9th, 2028 at the Bounce House in Orlando. This is not the first time that these two squads have gotten together. They played back-to-back -back years before. 
2016, uh, UCF played Maryland uh, in uh, at UCF. That was Mackenzie Milton's very first start. You remember that? It was a uh, it was a rough first start. It was uh, it was a rough start, first start, but the game went to somewhere. double. But the game went, to, as Mackenzie said, to uh, to a rather lippy respondent to that. Um, by the way, a plus job by KZ of responding on Twitter. Um, uh, but that was his very first start, double overtime loss at home, uh, and then uh, after the hurricane, actually, was that Eric? Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty seven. Yeah, that was the first game for UCF after the hurricane. That was the first game after the hurricane, right? In College Park. In yeah, in College Park and UCF uh beat Maryland handily 38 to 10 uh in 2017. So and that was um, the same Maryland team that beat Texas the week before. Oh yes. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, it was uh, funny. I was there at that game. I covered that game. Uh Good state, great campus, nice stadium. Nobody cares about football over there. They're a basketball school. Right. Uh, that was right around the time, too. They were still getting used to now moving to the Big Ten from the ACC. Yeah. Uh, but I will never forget that. People around, the, are people, are people around there being like, when do we play Duke? You know? Right. <laughs> but I remember there, you know, UCF's dominating the second half of the game. And I remember Nebraska took a bad loss to somebody at home. I forget. It might have been like an Arkansas State, maybe. I don't know. You have to look back on I that. I forget, yeah. But and I remember. It might have been something like yeah. might have been Troy, I think. Yeah, it might have been somebody like that. And I remember that watching that in the press box, and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm seeing Scott Frost and UCF celebrate. I remember Jeff, you and I did a podcast the following week, and I think you and there were starts. There were starting to be some sprinkles about Frost in Nebraska. And you asked me about it. Was, it, like, it was uh, it was even worse in Arkansas State. It was Northern Illinois. That's right, Matt. Right, and I'm like, uh oh, this at Frost- home in Lincoln. Yes. Happened the well, same they don't play day. those schools away. No. <laughs> right. And I remember we discussed that in the following week's pet podcast. And I'm like, you're like, are you concerned that Frost might leave? And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And when, uh, with, uh, when Mike Riley was the coach at the time at Nebraska. It's good time. Interestingly enough, they, they won, Nebraska won the next two. And then they played back to back Wisconsin and Ohio State and got bombed by both of them, beat Purdue by one, and then lost their last four. And that was it. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, UCF, uh, I'm looking at future football schedules. Uh, all of a sudden, things are shaking out. Uh, this year's worked out okay. Uh, 2022 has worked out okay. 2023, we still got two spots open. 2024, there's still one spot, although that's likely you saw. Uh, wait, wait. Hold on. We got to break. Dennis Dodd now just tweeted. I got it okay. right that uh-huh. the Big 12 now believes that the American is attempting to take all eight members. Oh, Earlier, are you serious? Oh, no, I just tweeted this. Stop it. No, you're joking me. That no, is he's Bob, not. He is not. Bob Bowlesby has just, I mean, Bob Bowlesby's drink. Can somebody check what Bob Bowlesby's drinking? He cannot be in a good place right now. He he is not in a good mental place. Someone gets to, someone needs to get to, needs someone to needs to get to Bob Bowlesby right now. Say, it's Bob, hang up seven. the phone. Let Baylor stay in Conference USA. Wait, now I, I'm looking at. Listen, I'm looking at Dodd's Twitter feed. It does. I don't see that. Is it a reply? It's I'm, it's it just popped up here. I'm just gonna DM it to the group chat here. You're getting live behind the scenes here, folks. Man, on the this stuff is breaking. Yeah, I on I, the pod. I'm wow. Right okay, now. so here's my question. 
How did this go from three to five to eight all of a sudden in a couple of hours? Like, did Bob Bowlesby just forget to tell him, hey, by the way, Dennis, let me call you back. I, 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 think, I, think, I think Bob's having a rough night. I think so. Need, somebody I, needs to check on him. Yeah. Send a wellness Some, check. <laughs> somebody <laughs> check on Bob. I do kind of agree with Drew. I mean. Oh, I see it. Okay. I okay. Mean, so, this is, wow, this is just now conference? he tweets this. Uh. The Big 12, okay, again, I'm going to read, Eric, you're right, and I'm going to read this for emphasis. This is Dennis Dodd, CBS. Big 12 now believes the American is attempting to take all eight remaining members. Earlier reports said three to five Big 12 members were solicited, Bob Bowlesby told CBS Sports. Story up soon. Dennis is having himself a busy night. Yeah, because Bob Bowlesby keeps calling him. Probably. How the hell do you make a 19-team conference work? It's basically two different leagues rolled into one. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just loving this. Well, here's my theory on that. Is it one of those where you're inviting everybody and see who takes it? I mean, I, as I said, Uh, I think like, I I don't think all eight take it, but well, you want to have an even number, you know, you three, five, seven. A worst case, one. well, you're assuming that they would stop it. Like you said, that would get them to what 19. You're assuming they would stop. I think they would. I'm telling you, they're going to add somebody else from another conference if they get to that point. Well, they might. I mean, you're not going to stick at 19. That's a, that's come on, it's a prime number. Why what? a prime number? What <laughs> Eric was just talking about how he would not be surprised if yes, the SEC went to 20. Are you we guys, are we I'm telling you that yes. the American is going to be the first. 20 team power conference 20 team super I'm, conference i'm telling you, are we, we staring this in the face right oh now geez. gentlemen on wednesday july 28th 2021 at 11 50 eastern oh my I god i would not dismiss it at all i'm telling you i think a lot of these conferences are looking at the N- i mean we could see an nfl model here within the next decade i really do believe that God, this is just too good to believe. I mean, this is like face palm words. Well, that's a pretty because you both don't believe Baylor would come to the American. I clearly this tells no, 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 no. That, that's no, no, not no, no. what we said. That's not it what didn't we say said. anything about Baylor coming to America. It's we don't want Baylor don't coming want, to the well, American. Well, well, guess Baylor's what? They're got coming, so many skeletons well, in the closet. Well, well they're coming, boys. Out. They're coming, baby. Oh, Fiesta boy. Bowl rematch. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> payback, baby. They're gonna want payback for the Fiesta Bowl. Oh man, I think they're all gonna want payback. From a selfish standpoint, by the way, I know nobody cares about this, but I do. But if this happens where they get the majority of those big tw- eight teams, the basketball conference is going to be freaking awesome. Oh, basketball is going to be I mean, wild. You're taking it's Kansas. Be great. You've got one of the top Woo! programs in the country. Makes up for UConn real quick. Eric, you better start. Eric, you better start brushing up on your Big Twelve softball. Well, you meant. I mean, softball would be. I mean, <laughs> for, well, remember, there's a certain Big Twelve schools that don't play softball. Um, TCU does not play softball. Kansas State does not play softball. There's one other. West Virginia does not play softball. So the only ones that would play is uh, is the plays is Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas. Who am I missing here? Uh, you guys have the list there. Texas oh, Kansas Tech. State doesn't play. Texas Tech does play. The Big 12 is the number three softball conference. You put that to the American, you can make the argument that the American now becomes the number three conference in softball behind uh, football, uh, behind obviously uh, the SEC and the Pac-12. And Jeff, think about the baseball aspect of this. Oh, if, baseball is going to be great. Oh, baseball is already top five without these teams. You could argue the American could become 
maybe the number top three conference in baseball if you add just some of these teams like a TCU and a Baylor, et cetera. Maybe yeah. as part of the agreement for all this, that ESPN goes to bat to help the American get autonomy status. Absolutely. That's got to be a part of this. Nope. Well, remember, remember, Oresco has come out publicly and said yes. that one of his goals, uh, this was after the 12-team playoff dropped, uh, was uh, one of his goals was to achieve autonomy status for the American, and he had petitioned the other conferences about that. Well... Well, 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 well. But I well, do agree well. with you. I, I, the tables have turned. I do believe Bob Bowlesby, though, right now is not in a good mindset. So I would take a, uh, you know, I would say he's probably like, by, I wouldn't be surprised in the next 24 hours he accuses, uh, you know, that the Americans going to take everybody in the Mountain West, too. He's I mean. going to accuse Mike Orozco of being the second gunman on the grassy knoll. True. <laughs> he's going to say that. Well, that they are they, in Dallas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin the schedule, but this just literally happened as we're recording, and this is kind of wild. Yeah, this is this has been one heck of a... Man, <laughs> guys, I'll tell you. Come on, we're going off the cuff. This is um, chaos. Uh, I, I should note, you know, Big 12, very good in volleyball, too. Oh! Baylor was a national, was a national semifinal. See, now you want Baylor ago. in now. Oh, no, um, no. I, I, they, I still... They want a basketball championship, I don't want, and I still don't want them. I don't want... Well, who else? I mean, who else brings value volleyball wise? I mean, obviously Texas is not a part of this, but you said Baylor. Obviously, that jumps to mind. Who else? Um, uh, hang on, and I'm gonna, and I'll tell you. Uh, We're breaking it sport by sport. I guess the fact that you're luck. Kansas State actually pretty decent in volleyball. West Virginia pretty decent. Kansas is usually better than they have been of late. Um, some of your upper Midwest schools, Iowa State's actually pretty good every now and then. Um. That's about it. So, but uh, man, I'll tell you what a day it's been. All right, can we get back to the football schedule thing because we got to talk about. Wait, so Dennis Dodd just deleted it. that tweet now. So oh, I don't he know. did. So I don't oh, know. Maybe, Dennis, come on. Maybe he's the one that's been drinking, or maybe they're both drinking. I don't know what's happening, but apparently the American wants the Big Twelve. It's well, I, well, I, I haven't seen it deleted yet. I still oh. see it. Okay, do you? I still yeah. see it. Yeah. All right, if you say so. That I don't thing's see got it. that thing's been quote tweeted 160 times and counting in the last 10 minutes. It's yeah, uh, I may have been one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Uh, All right, go yeah. ahead. We got scheduled stuff. Okay. To talk about. All right, so so let's let's analyze the uh, schedule. We all of a sudden we, we got five five more non conference games on the schedule now. Officially now, in the span of a week, um, the schedule is starting to fill out. Now we have some gaps in 2023. Two of them specifically. Uh, 2024, UCF opens at BYU, then home for Liberty. The Florida game, of course, is October the 5th. I think there's still room for an FCS there, Drew, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, usually that's, what UCF that's always wants a to safe fill-in, is an FCS. Yeah, although, although it would be later than – usually we play FCS in the, in the opening weekend. The opening weekend is BYU that year. Right, and there's um, times like in 2017, uh, UCF was supposed to play Maine at the end of September. So, I mean, yeah. uh, occasionally it kind of goes a little wonky, but usually you get your out-of-conference out early. It's just 2024 is just going to be a, a weird setup. I mean, you could still yeah. have, you know, October, um, September, what, uh, 14th? You could have, you know, an FCS game yep. at this point. Uh, I want to talk about 2023 real quick because you have uh, September 9th at Boise, uh, that leaves the second open, and then the BYU game is on Veterans Day, 
Um, so one more spot for something there. Uh, you have one spot open in 2025, although that would likely be the first Saturday in September because 8.30, you're at Maryland. 9.13, you're at Florida, or you're home for Florida Atlantic. And then 27, you have one game, 28, one game, 31 game, and 33 one game. So, um, so there are really right now, I guess we're saying here, FCS notwithstanding, you know, Bethune, FAMU, whatever. Um, we're looking at one, two, two more spots to, uh, no, really one more spot to fill in 2023. That's it, I think, right? Yeah, one more spot in 2023, and then you can fill the last And then you're scheduling, FCS. there's nothing in 2026 right now. Nothing, not a single so. game. I, and as, as Terry Mahajer came out, and, and you know I've been very hard on the schedule thing, he said, at least for the early on, there may be the possibility of taking some some little bit rougher deals. Uh, he, As he said, when he first came in at Arkansas State, they were already looking into 2030s. Here, they still had to fill 2022 at the time. So, you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, UCF's not out of the water, you know, not out of the hot water yet. Uh, it's going to be a little rough, especially with that 2023 schedule. And then they got to really push hard on 2026. I mean, this happens fast and these schedules fill fill up. I mean, a lot of people have complained about how far ahead the Florida schedules are. They're filled They they may have like one week or here in like 2028, but uh, they have specific requirements on what their scheduling is based on their budget. Uh, They don't do anything less than seven home games a year. So there's, there was really no maneuvering room. So you're in the 2030s already. Uh, welcome to modern college scheduling, by the way, uh, UCF, <laughs> because that's that's the normal now. <laughs> I'm going to be 50 years old when that 2033 game rolls around. Wow, you're old. I'll, I'll, be, like, I'll be wow, just short of 48. Just short. Man, but you know something, I, I, I I'm excited. I I I really it, it, it okay. It's been a reality check, I think, for quite a few fans out there um, who have not found, especially the Florida deal, to be quite favorable in that respect. But Drew, you've been on the you've been on the bandwagon from the very beginning, saying that no, this is the right deal to make. Well, and 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 Terry Mohajer came out and said, "Look, for 2024, we had three options: Florida, which was the best option as far as what he felt, and second FCS school, which." Uh, is instant ridicule in the college football world, does not count towards bowl eligibility, and is a major black eye, or schedule no one and go with 11, which is you know, it, just as bad, if not worse, than the FCS option. I mean, there were no good options left on that 2020. Well, no, it's, it, it, scheduling no one is worse than the FCS option because at least you get some gate by yeah, playing some, an FCS team. You, I and, mean, if you don't have a game, you don't, you don't get anything. Yeah, and you're still embarrassed of the fact that you, you, you know, your scheduling uh, is not up to snuff with, with anybody else. I mean, the fact that you have to, you know, schedule 11 games because no one would schedule you uh, is, is embarrassingly bad. So uh, Florida was able to, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. They could, you know, Florida has the financial wherewithal and power that they could have basically bought to help relocate someone else's game and make that 2024 game happen. But UCF was available uh, as you can see from the result of the following, essentially like a home and home series in the 2030s, 
Uh, mm-hmm. There is a much better relationship between Terry Mohajer and uh, Kevin Strickland compared to uh, what happened before. Uh, we won't get into that with, with Danny White. <laughs> I know you want to. Oh, I so you want, want to, to, but so you know what? There is a time and a place, and I'm not going to hijack the, the rest of this segment. So, but, I mean, Lord knows this segment's already been hijacked. Yeah, be oh, careful twice be, by Dennis yeah, be, Scott. Yeah, be careful before before Bob Bowlesby accuses like you know, oh my god the twenty teams. I mean. <laughs> but I mean, look 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 at the results. You got this this you know the the one off essentially it's a one off and a home one home, but it's really a two for one when you when you go from a single deal uh, with Florida. You got the home and home with Maryland, both Power Five schools sends a loud message to the rest of the college football world. One, there's a new sheriff in town. This isn't the old UCF. Two, they're willing to make a deal. You know, they're willing to to work with you. And three, someone crossed the line, the picket line. You know, yeah. UCF was, was a scheduling pariah since 2018 when they made their last scheduling uh, change with a Power Five team. So no one's touched them since. Well, guess what? Now you have a team with a two and one and a home and home from the Power Five. It sends a very loud message that you know what what happened before is gone. It's a new era for UCF, and I think they'll you'll start seeing that schedule fill out. And as I said early on, there may be some one-offs in there to kind of just fill in the gap. But you're going to see a lot more scheduling coming down the pipeline in the in the upcoming months. Eric, what do we think? Well, first of all, Dennis Dodd has updated his article now to include oh the God. eight members with the. And this is great. I mean, it's just phenomenal. he's hijacked it again. That's yeah. the third time this segment. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. well, Bob Bowlesby keeps dialing him up. By the way. Who, Someone wait, take the phone from Bob Bowlesby. I'm going to tell you now, something. I almost right. feel sorry for the guy. Get, get him. Yeah, get him out. of. Make sure he's not driving and make sure he's not dialing anybody. All right. Oh, okay. my gosh. Go to sleep, buddy. No, I think you're seeing a lot of paranoia, right? This tells you they don't trust each other. Hey, you think you're leaving. You're leaving. I feel bad for whichever school leaked this to Bowlesby. I don't. I feel really sorry for them because they might be on the outside looking uh, at about five years from now. Um, so from a scheduling standpoint, I liked. I went to the Maryland game. I think that's look. Where, by the way, where are all those people that were concerned about the Florida deal? Like, oh well, now no Power Five teams are going to do a home and home. Well, you just saw one with Maryland. So, uh, yeah, those are yeah. the look. Re- real. Yep. Remember that those turned that out crowd? to be how that go. Um, <laughs> look, realistically, this is what you're going to get for UCF. This is the best you're going to do is you're going to get some of these lower teal, uh, you know, programs on a home and home. You hope that Maryland can kind of get something going there with obviously with uh, their their head coach. And look, I can tell you from experience, that's a cool trip. I've done that trip. You could go to see the Nationals or the Orioles in baseball over the weekend. Maybe the Washington NFL team will be playing a home game. There's a, the Capitol. I mean, depending on when this game is, you know, you could do a lot of good stuff there. I like their campus. I'm good for that home and home. I, I like it. I like I've been pro the Florida deal. Uh, they get that in the bounce house. We'll see what happens with the Florida game, obviously, depending on what happens with the SEC. Does the SEC go to nine games in conference? If they do, then they that could – well, if they do, that could put this Florida series in jeopardy. Uh, and then when does that nine games kick in? If does, does the nine-game schedule kick in by before 2024? Does it kick in after 2024? So I think the Florida thing is definitely, you know, I, I'll be curious. Don't be surprised if that gets moved around. I would not be surprised if it got moved around. Hopefully not. But, again, with this SEC situation, who knows? But the Maryland thing, uh, I'm for it. I like the home and home. And I think Terry will, you know – 
I want. I think we're going to see some ho- uh, one-offs before by the time this is the schedule is all fulfilled. Don't you? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Florida's schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, you brought that up about the possibility of a movie, and the good news is it is at least for 2030 and 2033, there's no more than three out of conference game schedule. And in 2030, one of them is Texas. So, you know, scratch that. You got two for each one, UCF and Florida State. I think those two games are safe. 2024 is the real question. Yeah. They could ultimately move that to 2027 if right. they wanted to because there's a spot available. Or they nix the FCS game against Sanford. Unfortunately, UCF cannot take that spot, that not that September 7th spot, because UCF scheduled to play Liberty, and Liberty's schedule is already full for 2024. So it's either... It sits at 2024, or I think it moves to 27 or 29 because it's a home game for Florida. It gives them flexibility, and they already have one road set up for each of those with Florida State at home. So I, I, I am very confident, very confident that Florida will not buy out of the game. They will. Well, it's going to be expensive to do that. And the yes. fact that they and some people are like, well, why are they si- uh, announcing this? Well, I think they're announcing it to prove that they have it on pay and ink. It's under contract now. You're and not going to announce something if it's they yeah. got financial security right behind right. it. There, right. there's teeth. Yeah, correct. I agree. Man. So, I mean, look, that's the way it's going to be. And I, you know what? I really have been blown away. I don't know if you both have noticed. Terry's pretty blunt. Like even in the press releases, like he's not going to sugarcoat, right? I like he's it. like, look, we're in a bad spot. Like how many times he's just going to keep subtly burying Danny White and the job he did, man. By, by I, you know, you're right about that. Think about it. Where's the latest quote on the press release? Um, I he, love it. I, love I know it. you do. I know. Look at the Jeff. Uh, you talking remember? about on the Mar- on the Maryland one? Yeah, I th- or is it the Maryland one or the Florida? Uh, one? No, it, just- no, no, no. It's the Florida one. Uh, yeah. Here's here's the quote from uh, Terry Mahajer. Um, quote, as I've said since arriving, we were in desperate need for games on our on our upcoming schedule. <laughs> he continues for the 20 for the I love this man. He's amazing for the 2024 season. Specifically, we had three options. Play just 11 games instead of 12. Play two FCS opponents or play at Florida. We obviously made the best choice for our programming for our program and recruiting. And anyone who says play two FCS is better is wrong. I agree with you, uh, but the, how, how many ads would be that blunt? Like, that's not sugarcoating it, right? It's pretty much look, and he's it's been pretty upfront about this. Straightforward as a guess. He's like, because he knows there's a percentage of the fan base that does will not like it, but he's being real honest. And you got to give him whether you agree with it, don't agree, yeah. with it, you like it, you don't like it, whatever. He's being upfront with you. It's he's not going to sugarcoat uh, you. He's not going to treat you like an eight year old like the last eight. We don't <laughs> want coach speak or anything like that. We want facts. We want I truth. the thing I uh, well, it goes back to the uh, to Toby Ziegler in the West Wing, right? You know, all else fails. Tell the truth. That was and such I think, a great show. And that is a good show. Uh, but you know, that, you know what that you know what that statement also tells you that pretty much UCF's been blackballed from scheduling, and that's what Terry's dealing with. Well, not anymore. No. Right, right. And- but I'm saying that's what they've been dealing with. To Drew's point, people tuned out Danny White. They blackballed him. They basically said, "No, we're not going to deal with you. You're going to be. You're going to act that way. You're going to come out thinking you're a big shot. We're going to show you." And I think that's where. See, Danny's. I didn't have a problem with Danny's philosophy where I think he made the mistake is when he was very brash of saying, we're only doing home and homes. You just gave up. You're negotiating. You're not going to tell these schools what to do. You're not, not, in not this only point. that, but once he had that public spat against Florida, yeah. I mean, that was such so poorly handled. 
just so poorly handled. Uh, I'm, who, when, who would want to deal with that? Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. And I think Danny, but Danny's emotional. I think he got the best, it got the best of him. He got caught uh, up in the moment. I got mean, it, caught it makes, up in the moment. Yeah. And the I problem think, was, I, 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 I don't know if it's getting caught up in the moment as much as he, he took a big swing and he, and he whiffed on it. Well, and, and then he kind of went and started going full tilt on it. And by the time, you know, he, uh, he really mis he really miscalculated. And I, I think, I think that he's, I think that the miscalculation stems from, the fact that, you know, it wasn't all that long ago we were that school that was like, all right, anywhere, anytime. We'll come to your place. We'll play you, whatever. You know, I mean, when we were in school, right? Wasn't all oh, that yeah. long ago. And, you know, he tried to say, look, there's a new sheriff in town, but we didn't quite have the, uh, you know, we, we just didn't quite, we didn't quite have the juice to make it happen. Now, you know, so you got to make some, you got to make some concessions. And Terry Mahajer did. Here's the question. If this whole Dennis you know, Dodd eight school psychotic <laughs> thing happens, this is now the fourth time this segment's been hijacked by by. Well, not, but this this rules. Bob Bowles being Dennis Dodd. This is all about scheduling. You know, aside from the fact that that the American probably would have to go to nine games, but that's neither here nor there. Does that elevate the status of UCF's ability to negotiate scheduling so that they get? larger name opponents even if it's you know instead of maryland you move up to michigan state i mean you know can they at least move up a level if this happens well i think uh i think our friends in bristol connecticut might have something to say about that don't you eric well yeah considering they're gonna make a lot of these tv games they yeah. always do exactly. that's how these that's how these like games in orlando get made and the kickoffs in atlanta I think, and that's my what I said earlier. I think you're going to see UCF in a lot of these one-offs, and I'm going to prepare all you UCF, all UCF fans for this because I know some of these is not going to like it. I think you're going to see some one-offs at Campy World. I'm just going to say that right now. The I wouldn't mind that. that. Works. The only way it works is if UCF receives enough of a financial guarantee that they basically make as much as they make as a at a home game. They they need to be whole. Yeah. If they can be whole, that works. Well, you have a big enough stadium where you can make that happen. Well, yeah, have, the thing was, when UCF had the original reason uh, um, time with Florida Citrus Sports, they got the gate, but they didn't get the parking, they didn't get the concessions, they didn't get any of that stuff. So there needs to be financial guarantees in place that UCF's going to be made whole, or else it's not worth it. Unless you have no Drew, other we options. Send you, we should send you into the room yeah, to go negotiate But this. Drew, it's how just... much leverage does UC have? You, you just mentioned it. What leverage do they have right now? That's the problem. They have to fill dates. So... I see. I hear what you're saying, but you know, if you get offered a a, a one off with like I don't know, throw. I mean, a Georgia, for example. Are you really gonna? Oh, give me, give me well, Georgia well, and camping I mean, if you're world. You're going with a blue with your with a blue chip blue blood program. That's one thing. You know, obviously, you, you got to make some sacrifices with that. You know, if you get a, a Clemson, an Alabama, a Georgia. Yeah, that's, that's what I think thing. it's gonna be. Yeah, I think that's what it's gonna if be. It's Miami pound sand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You're sounding like uh, Mike Bianchi over there. Hey, you Miami should schedule UCF. Why aren't they doing it, Drew? Well, uh, in, in fairness, they they looked into it and they were going to do a home and home until Florida Citrus Sports got in the ear, and then it became a two and one. And Florida and UCF said, "Uh." Uh-uh. Hmm. 
Well, we'll see, but I well, but we'll see. I look. I'm just telling you. I think you're going to see some one-offs, and I think Florida. Look, I think it. Florida Citrus has wanted to get UCF in one of those games. I think what Florida Citrus's motto has been: try to get an SEC ACC matchup or get one of the Florida teams to play in that game. They've gotten Florida Miami in that game. They've gotten Florida State to play in that game against Ole Miss. Florida State is actually going to play LSU here coming up. I think in the next year or two in that game so the motto is there it's to your point Drew can they come to terms I think we're made but I think that's going to be where I think that's one way where you can fill up some spots by doing some one-offs and and fans are not going to have problems with the one-off neutral games um they're more they're more against the two and one uh you know you know unbalanced schedule however those Florida State games all those they get their financial guarantees they they're made it's made worth their while to do. So I imagine they would make it that UCF at least made their minimum to be able to make it work. Cause you know, you got to keep the lights on. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't know. I, I would not mind seeing UCF play in camping world in a, uh, in a 50, 50 game of some kind against, against a big name opponent. I think that would be a lot of fun. We've been speculating about that for years, ever since they actually yeah. started doing I think the it's kickoff game at, at, yeah. at the, at the, Place formally. I would. I would rather. Ball. I would rather play that than say play like play a one off. You know, against um, you know at FIU again, or right, something. or something nonsense like that. You know? Played and that stuff. By the way, all these people that were upset about these schedules were they upset when like UCF turned that Penn State home and home into a one off at Penn State and then play in Dublin, Ireland? Well, the only reason why that happened is Penn State said, "If you don't, we're buying out of it." Correct. And, 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 and Judge O'Leary. Right, but like, I don't remember people. Maybe people didn't complain. I mean, they just accepted it. Like, I just want to play games. I want to play good games. I want to visit good, cool places, cool stadiums. I don't want to go to a freaking high school stadium anymore. That's all. Well, remember, you, you've got pre-2017 UCF and post-27 UCF, which are very, very different from a fan standpoint. The attitude yeah. of the fan had drastically changed from, from that season on. I will yeah. say this though, if this if they do expand the American though, that makes Terry's job a lot easier, doesn't it? Because now you go from filling up so many spots to like, oh wait a minute, we if we're playing now nine your schedules now a lot of your schedules yeah. are already filled. Well, yeah. I mean, you're probably going to have a nine game conference schedule, so you lose one, uh, but you still got to fill in the rest, and you have less teams to choose from. Yeah. All right. Well, are you both? Are you both? Because the question then becomes: Does that become two divisions? Do you do pods? That's been the hot take. That right is now. so far afield. I have no clue. Right. I, I really have no clue. You almost have to make two different leagues out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you could do uh, off the top of my head. I mean, if we're talking, if we're if we're going whole hog and we're doing a twenty-team league, <laughs> all right. Let's just let's just let's let's go big. Go big or go home, right? Like if we're if we're doing a 20 team American Athletic Conference, the America 20, right? Let's do four pods of five. All right. You play your pod mates, home two home, two away, and you play another pod. You play a, another pod. Well, that would be that would be five, so that's that's nine. I don't know if it's I would do that. To, I, I would, it's going to be after nine conference games. So it's yeah, it, it would have to be. I, I would do no. You could do eight. One from the other pods. I, even if the like if the SEC goes. Oh 16, no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Be, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. No. If the wrong. SEC goes sixteen, but three, um, wait. So the seven. Daily Stampede are friends at the Daily Stampede who probably have the best perspective out of anybody. Really? Yes. What they've been through with the Big East and all. Great tweet here. 
having been on both sides of the wow, that commissioner blew it situation, we can confirm this side is way, way better. <laughs> well, wait, aren't we supposed to fire a resco? I don't, I, you know, uh, when they're right, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think uh, Oresco's going to earn his uh, salary this year. If he, well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is, uh, let's hope uh, it should be an interesting week uh, coming up. we got media days coming up. Oh, by hey, the way. Wild week, keys, wild month, wild few years. If you don't lose anyone, you still you won. They, they, you survived right? the no, storm. Right, 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 right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. So uh, follow us, UCF yes. underscore Banneret on Twitter, Eric Lopez Elo. Uh, yes. And of course, Stat Boy Drew on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Bryson Turner for the latest on UCF um, yes. athletes in the Olympics and any updated baseball. Yeah. Oh, by the shout way, out, little, but, yeah. By the way, shout bit. out real quick. Shout out to Brian Murphy, who's doing MLB.com work all week. Trade deadline, big trade. The Yankees get Joey Gallo. He's on top of all that stuff and other stuff he's writing about. And I'm just going to apologize to Murphy if he's listening. Yes, there was a lot of speculative podcasts. We apologize to you in advance. Sorry. Yeah, we did this in your honor. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks to it's Bryce. By the way, a little baseball note for you. Uh, Josh Crouch has signed a contract with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, so that means all three UCF MLB draftees from this year have signed with their major league teams. Nobody's coming back. Congratulations to Josh. Congratulations to Jackson Claire. Congratulations to Colton Gordon. Um, really wish we could have seen a little bit more of them next year, but off to off to greener pastures in more ways than one. And uh, congratulations to him. We wish them all the best. We'll be following them throughout their UCF uh, or post-UCF careers in baseball. So uh, make sure you follow us, like we mentioned on Twitter, UCF underscore banneret, facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. And, uh, of course, at blackandgoldbanneret.com, we are your home for UCF sports on SB Nation. Uh, if you subscribe to this podcast, we thank you so much for doing that. Please tell your friends uh, to uh, subscribe to us on either Apple Podcasts. Put the Apple phone Podcast. down, Bowlesby. Put the bottle down. <laughs> uh, uh, subscribe to us on uh, on Apple Podcasts. If you uh, if you are on an Apple device, if you're on an Android device, you can subscribe to us via Spotify or wherever fine podcasts are distributed for free. Uh, if you do subscribe to us, please leave us a rating and a comment. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit us up on our Twitter account, of course, UCF underscore Banneret. That'll do it for us for this Wild evening, my gosh. It's already now it's Thursday, July 29th. We're past midnight recording this crazy. So show. so the real question is which liquor of choice is Bob Bolsey? Stop it. Stop taking? it. Don't get us canceled, please, Drew. Stop. All right, we need to get out of here. For uh, cease and desist us, Drew. For, Drew, for Drew, cease and desist, Drew, please. I've been ceased. For, for Drew and Eric, I'm Jeff. We'll catch you next week unless unless Bob Bowlesby continues to call Dennis Dodd throughout the night. See you later, guys.